Welcome to Getting Defensive Thursday Edition, presented by Gridiron Ratings. Your path to the title starts with Gridiron Ratings. I'm your host, JJ Wenner. You can find me on Twitter, at JJ Wenner. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down some defensive facts. Joining me tonight is Gridiron Ratings Senior IDP Analyst. You can find him on Twitter, at the IDP Tipster. Gary Van Dyke. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing great, JJ. Thanks. Ready to do this. All right. And of course, as always, our returning champion, you can find him on Twitter at Dynasty Trip, Trip Rebner. What's going on, buddy? That's a good night, man. We're seven days away from football, pro football kicking off, and I'm excited about that. And we got Clemson, Georgia this weekend, so I'm gearing up for that too. <laughs> well, Gary was watching Ohio State, uh, Minnesota. And it was very into it a few minutes ago. Where are you, Gary? Who's winning? Yeah. I last I seen it was 10-6. I just had to shut the door of the TV. <laughs> I just shut the door. I'll not, not be able to no multitasking allowed. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, before we kick off, remember to subscribe below for a chance to win the Gridiron Ratings playbook. The only resource you need for all of your fantasy leagues. Now we will draw one winner for every 25 new subscribers. So be sure to hit the subscribe button below. Gentlemen, let's start with the listener question. Brian Serrano on Twitter at RetweetKing2318 sent us a question and asked, are there any D-line sleepers or value picks for him? So, gentlemen, I'll go to you, Dynasty Trip. <laughs> Who are some D-line sleepers? Well, I tell you, I'm in some drafts right now, and it's just it's interesting to see who's going late there. A guy that I've been paying attention to for several months and a guy that our, our friend from Tuesday night, Roto Heat Craig, is looking at is Randy Gregory. I think he's, he has some some significant upside playing for the Dallas Cowboys, playing in that um, dedicated uh, designated pass rush role or Leo role in Dan Quinn's defense. And so I'm, I'm interested to see what he can bring this year. I thought that he looked – Really good late last year, and nobody noticed. People saw Alden Smith break out in September, then Alden Smith faded away. Randy Smith, Randy Gregory came back from suspension, and uh, he looked sharp and he looked strong too, which is the other thing. It's like, you know, is he just a pass rush specialist? He looked like he could hold up, and so it was interesting to watch him down the stretch. So he's a guy I'm watching. Uh, some other guys that are going super late are guy, Eric Armstead. He's done it before. He's had ten sacks. Uh, John Franklin Myers is going to start. At, on the D-line for the Jets, and no one's uh, paying any attention to him. I think he's a guy that uh, has a great value. This is super late. This is like DL50 type territory. And if you're looking for a guy, I mean, maybe even 60. I mean, it's the guy that's going to get snaps, and he's going to be out there. So uh, there's there's some interesting options going late. I tweeted about a guy uh, today, Zach Sealer. Super deep option. Uh, if you're in a true position league and he has IDL eligibility, he's great. But um, even if he's just a DL, if you're looking at, you know, if you got, I'm in an eliminator, 50 rounds. If, I, if I'm looking 70, 80 picks deep, I think he has interesting upside. He has an athletic profile that very few players have, have hit in the last 20 years. Only guys like J.J. Watt have hit it before. And he was a seventh-round pick, extended by the Dolphins this year. I'm interested to see uh, what happens with him. That's a super deep sleeper. I love super deep sleepers, as you know. <laughs> So uh, I wrote all of those down because I'm still in this infernal draft, Gary, where uh. everybody went so IDP heavy, there is like literally nothing left. Yeah. So I am yeah. scraping the bottom of the barrel. and Me and you both, brother. 
especially when it comes to DBs. So I'm excited to talk about DBs tonight. But before we do, uh, it's been pretty busy out there with waivers, guys getting cut, re-signed, everybody moving on to IR. So it's probably good to look at all these moves and see how they will affect IDP managers and what, what are the counter moves to make if there are one. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Stephen Tewitt was placed on IR. Uh, so he's going to spend at least three weeks there. I know he went through some personal issues coming off of injury last year. Is this going to affect Cam Hayward? Is there anybody we can see stepping into that spot trip? Well, what I've seen is that uh, is that um, Chris Wormley is going to step into the uh, spot that uh, from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, they traded for him, I think, and um, it was a player out of Michigan about four or five years ago. And um, they're going to play Alawalu at Nose and Hayward at three tech, and so Wormley will play some five, and and I think that that means that. Um, that um, he'll be out there to gap a little bit more and they'll try to set up Hayward. So I don't really think that there's a clear IDP target to follow in to its wake. Just think in general, it hurts the Steelers defense a little bit. It's, it's a defense. It's a whole team with some star players and, and then lacking in depth, in my opinion. And this is a great example. And they're exposed right away by having a good player injured. So uh, it takes a little bit of the shine off everybody. And not to the extent that, um, I'm downgrading them in drafts or anything, but it's just it's just a buzzkill for the first three weeks. The two it's out. <clears throat> Gary, any any thoughts on the Pittsburgh defense moving forward? Uh, I could have swore that I seen Wormley. Yeah, Worm, Worm, Wormley will be the guy replacing him. If I don't know if you said it, Trip. I apologize if you did. I, I was reading something here thinking we had a question, but we did not. So. Uh, crash and burn. But either way, yeah, I, I got to agree in the overall aspect. There's probably – it's probably not going to hurt anything. Um, they're probably still going to be able to get the job done. Wormley's not a bad option. He could probably hold his own. I don't think I'm going to necessarily go targeting him unless for some reason he really – I mean, he, he played above average inside last year. I think he also played in rotation with those guys. And I believe two also missed a couple of games last year. So we'll see what he has. But I, I don't think I'd be running out and try to make him my Tuit replacement. Well, I've been leaning heavily on you two as my, uh, my Jets therapy um, to try to get me through this offseason and the injury. So uh, they made a couple moves. They cut Bless Austin. Um, they signed Quincy Williams, so now they have the Williams brothers, and they signed Tim Ward. Now, I've never heard of Tim Ward. I usually hear about most players uh, doing IDP and Dirty O. I hear about almost every player. So somebody help me. Who's Tim Ward? Oh, you go right ahead, Trip. This is yours. <laughs> Uh, I already know. I already know you're ready and loaded to go for this. So you want to get out? Yeah, well, he's, he's coming over to the Jets from Kansas City. He played last year uh, pretty briefly. If I, if uh, he, I think he was hurt in the first game, uh, the season last year, and he's a, a young player out of uh, Old Dominion University. I think he's coming to his second year here, and um, and uh, it. it Looked pretty good in that first game. He had five uh, tackles. He had a tackle for loss, a couple quarterback hits, and a sack. And then he gets hurt, and he's gone for the year. And so he comes back to the Chiefs this year in practice squad or in the training camp, and they try to sneak him through the practice squad. Well, 
I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, it's not like the Chiefs have a ton of defensive ends either. Well, the Jets also want a defensive end, and they grabbed this guy. And it's interesting because he, he takes Jabari Zuniga's roster spot, which I thought was particularly interesting to see that they cut Zuniga and pushed him to the taxi squad. Then again, he is, he's banged up. But um, it, so Ward has some interesting upside, 6'4", 255, a little bit more of a, of, a, of a speed rusher than he is a power rusher. And uh, so he's kind of the same size as, um, as Carl Lawson, who was the guy that was hurt. So he's a guy that um, uh, John Macri out of Pro Football Focus tweeted about a couple months ago, too, as a super deep sleeper type guy. So kind of interesting. It's like question, how deep is your league, right? So sleeper DLs, this is DL80 territory. But <laughs> yeah, I was kind of actually surprised a while ago when he was naming your sleepers that that name didn't come up. I actually remember Ward from last year. He actually okay. had a little bit of momentum before the season. Mm-hmm. If I remember reading about him, but um, yeah, shoot, there's a deep one. You got Bryce Huff right on the other end. He could be a deep one. You want deep? You want you want really deep? Those guys are the guys you could look at. They're definitely somebody we need to pay attention to because I think that Tim Ward might show a little. I like it for the Jets. I like it better than going after uh, Griffin. Uh, shoot, old man went yeah, back to Minnesota. Good. Yeah, I, I like this move a lot better than what some of the other stuff they've been. Well, you know? speaking of Everson Griffin, I mean, that wasn't anything big, right? That was just roster manipulation to cut him and then reset yeah, him. Yeah, right, right. Right, he's right back on the team, nothing. Yeah, no, uh-uh. no, but I, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's not going to be slated for, you know, full-time role. I mean, they, they sure took a chance, right? They was willing to lose him. So, but, you know, as as far as uh, who Shaq Lawson, you guys, the Jets signed them, right? Trained, uh, uh, we traded. Like a yeah. sick, I think. Yeah, give me Tim Ward over the idea that Lawson's going to break out. I would rather have Ward. Yeah, <laughs> I was not very excited about Shaq Lawson. However, the the cost that they gave up, a sixth right. round pick, which wasn't we, their pick. They you guys did out. need it. You needed the yeah. veteran presence, but yeah, you get what you pay for. <laughs> you get what you pay for. All right, let's talk about some linebackers. Uh, Pernell McPhee, cut. I think that's the same spot as Everson Griffin. I think they bring him back. Mm. Okay, Danny Trevathan. Well, Minnesota did bring him back. Did they, they cut. They cut and re-signed him today. Yeah, yeah. Griffin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I apologize. I misunderstood no. what it was saying. No, we're talking uh, Pernell McPhee. Um, I think Trip, you were saying that he'll probably end up right back on the same yeah. spot. I think that's the goal. It's roster maneuvering. He's a old vet that, like Griffin, is can't reasonably ex- be expected to sign anywhere else, and they want him back. They're just doing some roster manipulation. And so I expect him to be back in the rotation there. There um, seemed to be a lot more of that this year, especially with the renewal of the three-week uh, IR. You see a lot of guys being placed onto right. IR, one of which, Danny Trevathan. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, the thing, right? Because you can be on IR three weeks now, whereas you could two years ago, you couldn't do that. So with that level of flexibility, you can't put them on IR before you get to 53 because otherwise they're off for the season. You have to get to 53, then put your guys in IR, and then pick people back up again if you want them. And so that's what we're looking at. Now, is there anybody we should look at on the Bears? Like, is Danny <clears throat> Trevathan uh, going to get Wally Pipped? Is somebody going to step in? Or nothing to see here? I don't think there's anything to see here. I, the guy that's the guy that's there that is the name that everybody knows is Alec Ogletree, and he came in the preseason and flashed, but 
man, we've been down this road before. <laughs> you know, you know just, how it ends. Yeah, that's not a guy I'd be excited to go out and get. The Bears stat crew is not very generous with, with handing out tackles. Uh, they started they started to tinker with some some three safety sets more last year. They brought in Sean Desai to coordinate the defense. He's coming from a Fangio background, which is also is. Uh, and coached with Brandon Staley, I think that I think that that second linebacker on that defense is going to play between sixty to eighty percent of the snaps, and it's not a, it's not a, a role or a player I would target, regardless of its Ogletree or Trevathan. Yeah, not a lot of IDP value. I could have swore that there was a rumor that Danny Trevathan was actually going to be cut. So it could have been one of those same moves that we've seen with some of the other veterans. But I think that he was right there at the door, but instead they put him on IR. Um, I, I'm looking whoever's backing up Ogletree. Because <laughs> if, if somebody could play decently next to Smith, I'm a little bit concerned about Smith too. So we know Ogletree can't cover, right? Well, that was what Danny's job was. So do they move him over to the run stopper and, and turn around and put Rogan Smith out in coverage a lot more? Um, it's probably not a huge concern for Smith's uh, production, but you know, a different position. It, it a Mike gets the the Mike position gets all the opportunities to stop the run before weak side inside linebacker. At least the way they they've used Danny for years. So I'm a little bit concerned, but not to that point uh, that that I'm not taking Rogan out of my top three. You know. Well, you may be wrong, but you may be right. And speaking of right, KJ Wright signed today with the Raiders, a one-year deal. Now, Nick Moreau, we know he was injured. They actually did put him on IR. Uh, I'm pretty sure KJ Wright is a, a better replacement than Denzel Perryman was. Yeah, it's so, crowded down there now. You've got Littleton, Wright, Perryman, and uh, Kowalski. You know, I'm avoiding all of that. I'm regretting now. Well, actually, I, I don't have that many shares of Nick. I was avoiding Littleton altogether. I think Wright will put the end to Littleton, at least this year. Uh, he, he's got to be so much better than Littleton was, he, at least from what we've seen last year. And I do believe when I was watching the game the other day, the first catch that Kittle had, Littleton was supposed to be covering him. It was completely out of place or gone, and they pulled him. So, I mean, there's just not that much there. And then we have these signings. So I, I'm just avoiding it until it plays out. I mean, if you if I was going to do anything, if Wright is sitting on my waiver wire, I'm going to go put a claim in on him or get him. Just as a stash, though, you can't – don't go replacing, you know, a bunch of people off your roster to get them. But, yeah, I mean, if you can stash him, I'd get him. He's so, probably the one. Him and Morrow in the end will probably be the two dudes halfway through the season. So, Trip, you're throwing a chip on the Raiders' linebacking core. Are you throwing it on KJ Wright? <laughs> I'm throwing a Buffalo chip out there on it. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> I think that KJ Wright is there to be a part-time Sam. They tried Littleton there. They uh, tried. Uh, he didn't work out, as you saw with the Kittle play. Uh, they tried Tanner Muse there. Divine Diablo was drafted to do it. He's been banged up all summer. It's, uh, it's just a matter of they just not happy with what they've been putting out there, and they're going to try another guy. I think that this is a Gus Bradley defense that rotates linebackers like crazy, just like it has over the last couple of years. And the, uh, There is nobody on this team that I would draft. 
on the on the so you're keeping so, your chip and we're going on. that's right <laughs> Find uh, we, go. <laughs> we were also talking they was asking somebody asked about a uh, defensive back that they turned into a linebacker Diablo. yeah yeah so yeah that's that's just crowded that's a mess and even tanner muse has been playing in the box right you said yeah this Yep, he's been Another playing that Samuel too. That they, yeah. they tried that, and it's it's suggests to me that they're not happy with him if they pick up KJ Wright. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and he's he's almost he's basically a rookie. He's effective baseball terms. He's a rookie. He didn't play last year. So, that entire organization seems to be making a lot of a lot of moves. A lot of people being brought in and sent out. So I'm not. They got Patricia on speed dial, so they're getting all the wrong advice at the right time. I had a draft expert, right? An NFL draft expert, 20 years or whatever it was, an NFL network, and they bring him in, and it's a lot, a lot harder to do it when you got to actually do it and put your chips down than it is to talk about it, I guess. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a lot harder when you have to live with the decisions. That's right. It's easy to have opinions when they don't have add up on you. Right. Just mm -hmm. keep throwing early round draft capital linebackers and <laughs> five checks. And it's like, it's, come on now. <laughs> well, speaking of some early round draft capital, uh, Willie Gay for KC was put on the IR. Uh, I was a little shocked to hear i'm not shocked to hear i'm not shocked to hear anything in the nfl but what should we what am i looking for here who's stepping up because i thought willie gay was going to be a three down backer that's what i thought too the news i saw today is they're trying to ride out they're trying to roll out mick bolton now which is pretty interesting because he had been competing with hitchens for the mic roll all summer and seemed to be behind him and now so yeah that's that's interesting. And Damian Wilson was the will last year. So they let Wilson go thinking the gay was the man. And so I guess they're in a bit of a bind now. I bet you guys, uh, we'll see. I can't be too encouraged that they're going to roll out a full-time guy without gay, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd expect it to be the way it has been where Hitchens has played that 70% of the snaps and, and Bolton might do the same. Cause the, the one thing that's curious about the, about the roles there in KC is that in base, they call it the will, but in, in nickel, they don't call it a will. They call it the, the second linebacker is a buck linebacker and you've got to earn both roles in order to be full time. And so I, I don't, I don't think Bolton's going to do that this quickly, but we'll see. Oh man. The Debbie dirtbag is listening. <laughs> we just got his comment. Debbie, you know, I love Dorian O'Daniel. <laughs> I, I, I drafted him as a rookie. I kept him for years. He's not anything, right? I, I should move on from my Dorian O'Daniel. Well, we could never really know if they've got anything because they won't play anybody consistently. They're always switching it up. They'll go two weeks in a row where two, two linebackers turn around and get all these snaps, and then the next thing you know, those two don't get nothing, and they have a two, uh, two more guys in there. It's almost like the Oakland Raider thing, but they don't try to fix it in Kansas City. So Gary, it, it, don't encourage me to hold on to Dorian O'Day. No, no. Year, man. This is last year was rookie Fail. deal. Remember Fail. a previous DC? He was drafted under a previous DC, and Spags doesn't want to use him. And so when he's a classic run and chase, little coverage guy type will, and he's not going to get a run and for Spags, but he might get a run somewhere else. Yep. Go All right, I'll hold on. One more year. <laughs> this year's the year. The taxi taxi squad. I have that's right. Yeah, how, this is the hashtag, how deep is your league? <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right. Anything else we want to talk about as far as off-season, uh, preseason, going into regular season? Or is it time to 
get into what we all came here to talk about. Defensive backs. Because nothing gets people into IDP more than who to start at cornerback. Now, uh, let's find out who we're going to start, stash, and trash. Uh, we, of course, use Sleepers ADP. So make sure that you're following Sleeper on Twitter at Sleeper HQ. Trip, who is the first player you're willing to draft at ADP? Oh, wow. so I, I guess uh, if I'm looking at ADP list, the first name here, because I have to automatically skip past the first 12 because I'm not going to take a guy early. I'm looking at Von Bell at, at DB14 is pretty interesting to me. That's a guy I'm, that's probably as early as I can see on this list, a guy that I was thinking – I wouldn't mind him on my team. He's a guy I had on my team last year, too, a couple teams here and there, because he's a guy that doesn't cost a DB1 price tag, but I think has the potential to put up DB1 numbers. He plays on Bengals. They have a a clear differentiation between roles and the strong and free safeties. Bell is the guy that's more likely to play in the box. He's more likely to have the high tackle floor, and uh, he he plays alongside Jesse Bates, so he gets overshadowed because the name brand of Jesse Bates being a really good player. But I think that uh, Bell has – uh, a, a good potential to be to be a strong safe to be a strong, no pun intended, a strong safety for your defense for your fantasy team. So that's the first guy on my list that I'd look at on the ADP. Well, I was going to say Jesse Bates, but Trip just made me switch that real quick because he. <laughs> all right, so we'll we'll just go ahead and roll. I love Justin Simmons as the seven or as the DB eleven. Uh, I would take Justin Simmons over quite a few of these guys. I mean, even. Marlon Humphreys, uh, Japrel Peppers, uh, questionably maybe him or Bates. I, I like Justin Simmons a lot at, at this ADP. Uh, you've got quite a few. I mean, you got Fitzpatrick up here at, at DB four. You know that's that's kind of folks. I, I, I want to point out the guy did get a bump in tackles last year but so did savage so did almost all these other free safeties that we know of um there's a lot of news out uh everybody's loving on oh anyways that a lot of free safeties got bumps last year it was a COVID season there wasn't no fans you know it does affect what the offense was able to do there was a lot of throwing either way it goes a lot of guys got it and but Fitzpatrick depends on playmaking abilities like interceptions and passes defended and all of that. Those are really hard to duplicate year in and year out at the same level. So, you know, if, if you see if he resumes back and loses that 10% of the base tackle amount that he gets this year, and he also doesn't get up there and make as many plays on the ball to pad the box score, this is kind of crazy. It's it's a real gamble to take this guy in that top 10 like that. I mean, he's sitting on sleeper at DB4. I, I just can't see that at all. But either way, I'm taking Justin Simmons all day long at DB10 or uh, DB11. Like I said, there's quite a few of those way above here that I wouldn't take. And I'm like, trip. I'm not going to reach for Jeremy Chin at, at, in the ninth round, I think it was. Oh, no. Let's see, we got Adams going in the ninth, you got Baker going in the ninth, you got Chin going in the tenth. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It took me that much to get my offense drafted. <laughs> and then I'm going to hit my IDP, and that first IDP is probably going to be an inside linebacker. Absolutely. And when I finally start to pick IDP players, I'm definitely not starting at DB. No. 
Right. No. I'm leaving that set for a while. I think like trip set. I'm letting that first batch go off the board because except for maybe five, maybe five DBs that I'm sure are probably like sure are gonna fight end up in that top twelve. After that, it's a crapshoot. No. You don't know who's gonna have a great interception year, right? Because no. it's not sticky from year to year. No. So who are we looking at? Even if we skip the first few guys, who we're just saying we are out on. They are no longer good. I don't want them on my roster at all. Hmm. Trip? Well, I, I, it's interesting to look at this ADP. And there's probably guys that aren't even in it that I would be interested in. But I'll just start in the in round 24 because that's probably, to be honest, probably as early as I'm feasibly looking. And there's Cam Curl. I, it's, it's a crapshoot as to whether or not – it's a bit of a gamble, I should say, as to whether or not he's going to be as productive as he was last year. But after Landon Collins got hurt, Cam Curl on it point-per-game basis was a stud. He's the guy that can compete numbers-wise with the guys that are at the top of the list. So that's as early as I'm looking. But you look at some of these other names that are are even after him, like rounds 25 and beyond. Harrison Smith, a perennial startable safety. Uh, Several years where he was in the top 12 safeties scoring. And he's here at DB29. You got uh, Malcolm Jenkins. He's a I don't understand that. Every year, year in and year out, he's a top 12 DB, and here is DB 38. He was a top 12 DB last year. Here, another one, Adrian Phillips, a top, a top 12 DB last year, and he's DB 40. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Adrian Phillips. I, I am a big fan. I, I've had him as a breakout pickup call a few times, but I'm a little bit worried with Kyle Duker being there and Hightower being back in. I He's going to be playing – the true strong safety role. Um, I I don't think that we see quite the production that we did out of him last year because of Duger being there and and Hightower and the three three uh, three safety sets that they just love to run. Um, I, I I just wanted to mention that I, I really I love Adrian Phillips. I I am not buying him at all this year. I, I am worried at his price at least at DB thirty eight. Yeah, I'm not getting him. If that's actually his, I'm not. I'm okay. How about if I just call him a straight out of void? That'll work. That covers it all, doesn't it? Um, I like that. I'm not arguing yeah. there. So I, yeah, I, 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 I got to like talk it out in my head mm-hmm. as I go. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, this is therapy. I started that. Right? Right. This is IDP therapy. Maybe we should change the title. Um, right. Why do we think? getting a little bit off topic, but a little bit into the conversation. Why do we think that people discard older DBs? Like not even older, but the second they seem to hit like 27, 28, they want somebody younger and fresher to come in. Yeah. yeah. It's all the kids want to play with the shiny new toys, not the ones that they've had and been playing with, you know, but that's, that's an overlooking that I personally am not a big Harrison Smith fan. Uh, well, I am a fan, take that back, but I am not buying him. He did fall off a little bit last year. He is getting a little old in the tooth. Um, I, it was a terrible year for that defense, though, last year in Minnesota, so maybe that had something to do with it because I would get tired of playing and losing and get getting your butt kicked all the time, Especially too. Especially with no pass rush. Right. You have to cover for a uh, long time. It's a lot harder as a DB. Uh, uh, hey, you want a super deep sleeper? Of course I do. <laughs> All right, super deep. 
super, super you're all going to think I'm nuts. I Xavier, already do, brother. Xavier, Xavier Woods, if he can get part of that production to Harrison Smith, Hadback, or not Harrison Smith, um, Harris, the guy that just signed for Philadelphia. Anthony Harris. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Harris had a good year last year. If, he, if that's the case, same kind of MO, I think that Xavier Woods could have a little bit of actual uh, – relevancy <laughs> something that he hasn't really been i mean he's not he's not really been a playable db in the past he, he might be forced to produce at that position for them <laughs> if he plays it like if they play it like he did like harris did so continuing the conversation about the thought process with dbs i mean should i always take a safety over a cornerback when presented with the two at what point does a cornerback return more value in an IDP league than a safety trip? Well, I think that that's changed a bit over the years. Uh, it, it used to be that, yeah, the answer was yes, five years ago, and it's just not anymore. It's it's uh, the free safeties, like but Gary mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick being fourth overall. Minka Fitzpatrick was targeted 18 times by a co-posing quarterbacks the entire year last year. It's awfully hard to have – tackles and pass breakups and interceptions if the ball is coming your way 18 times for comparison's sake Xavier Howard had 90 targets ball came at him 90 times he picked 10 of them off that's just an enormous difference and so there is there is no reason to think that if you can't land the right cornerback that you can do better than a safety and part of the reason why is because the most productive cornerbacks are typically those cornerbacks that are getting a substantial share of their uh, snaps in the slot and right now there are six guys that I'm seeing that I think are going to be full-time players who are going to play the majority of their snaps in the slot and one of them here is DB 35 on this list which is Kenny Moore Kenny Moore has been a top uh, 24 DB a couple years in a row and it's not just because he's getting tackles it's because he's attacking the defense the, uh, the defensive backfield the, the the idea that we're using safeties to to blitz a gaps is is waned a bit and now we're using corners or at least you know sometimes safeties like uh, cj gardner johnson to attack offensive backfields from the edge and we see that we see that happening with kenny moore and so I think that they're, like I mentioned, half a dozen safeties that I think they're going to do that again this year. And it's interesting to look at this list because the top-rated cornerback is Marlon Humphrey. He was doing that last year. He was playing the majority of his snaps in the slot. And then the Ravens just blitz like, you know, there's no tomorrow. And so he was blitzing from there, and he was racking up points. The problem with Marlon Humphrey is that Tavon Young is back, and Tavon Young is the starting slot defender. Unless he gets hurt again, which he has twice in a row, Marlon Humphrey is going to be on the boundary. And if you're on the boundary, 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, you're less likely to be involved in the play. If you're 20 yards left or right of the football, just like a strong safety who's 20 yards deep, it's less likely to be involved in the play than a player who is in the slot or in the box. And it's just a fundamental misunderstanding, I think, of, of, of uh, IDP gamers. And I look at this list of safeties, and they're just some irrational uh, names in here that are high, and then some guys that are current, like I just mentioned, some perennial high scores that are low. And it's just it's just the lack of direction in this list is really fascinating. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get defensive with you. I am not taking any cornerbacks whatsoever until I'm closing the door and turning the light off. I'm going to stream those bad boys with my start-sit formula and go versus matchups and pick one off and, and, and not have built or spent any high 
uh, value in draft stock trying to get these guys or anything because I'll just stream them all year long. I, I'm not a big cornerback guy at all. I prefer always to go safety, safety, safety. I go strong safety 90% of the time, and then I'll take some free safeties if, if well, of course, you got to do Buddha Baker and such and certain ones, but there's a lot handful. I, I could never, and and the consistency between safety and corner to me, unless you have Humphreys, you'll have those three or four, maybe five guys that could stay consistent each year. Usually those names will change from year to year, but a lot of times, you know, you got two or three that'll stick. So, but beyond that, I, there were so many more tackle-based safeties that I would prefer to, ha prefer to have for the consistent numbers. I, I just can't spend that kind of it's, – it, it's, it's like once you get Aaron Donald or you get DeForest Buckner, uh, I think that you can get serviceable you know, defensive tackles down at a second level too. I am. I'm just basically. I am not spending that kind of stock on on a cornerback. I'll pick him up. I, I I had all my drafts this year in MFL, and I I put QBs in and just the first time in a long time. I didn't draft a one. Matter of fact, I couldn't make a waiver wire move until I got picked up two QBs because of requirements. I, so I had to go find them and stream them early. It's all in person, you know. I mean, I I get what you're you're coming from trip and it's definitely not wrong i'm just not doing it see but, it seems to me like you're coming with a lot of draft capital i'm coming with empty pockets that's why i kind of uh <laughs> you know you're the big spender yeah i don't have a lot so i have to sometimes dig a little bit deeper and maybe take a corner but who are we stashing now i know trip you're not a stasher you can't start him. You're not rostering him. I'm learning. Can you see? I can learn. I can learn. But if you were me and you have a slight issue with stashes. The guy that I'm looking stash? at the stash that I think is interesting, and he may turn out to be a starter, is Talanoa Hufunga for the San Francisco 49ers. Fifth-round draft pick, big safety out of Southern Cal. Uh, as has the chance to start. The, the 49ers are tired of Joukowsky Tart. Uh, they're looking for a guy to take his spot. And Afanga has shown well enough this summer that he may earn that spot. Even if he doesn't, being a fifth-round guy, he's a guy that could come in, and it's it, it depends on part how the 49ers manage that defense. Last year, they showed a lot of quarters, a lot of two high. In preseason, they show more one high. They've kind of gone back to what they were a couple, three years ago. And so it's interesting to see if there's a clear split between Hufanga, if he starts, and Jimmy Ward, who is a converted corner, who is nominally then the free safety. And so it could be pretty interesting to see if they do that, because I do think they'll show more three edge looks with D Ford being back healthy, as opposed to all the double I nine looks they've shown last couple of years. And so he has some upside. I think they may show a, a Sam on the field less snaps and instead bring Hufanga in for the uh, the flexibility to go between the second and third levels. So that's a guy that I would be looking to add to a roster, if, especially like if you're in a dynasty league. I picked Hufanga up in a couple spots uh, in the last couple of weeks. Man, I'm just going to follow whoever you pick up. And <laughs> Gary, who are you stashing? Well, I'm going to I'm going to say the one name that uh, Brandon Jones from Miami. I think yeah, he was hurt during the uh, preseason. There, he's getting back into the groove. 
I still think that it might take a week or two. Who knows? But he's still going to be a part of that rotation. I wouldn't be surprised after Eric Rowe gives up two touchdowns, three touchdowns to a tight end in a row, then they'll they'll you know pull him out of there. Uh, so personally, I'm still stashing Brandon Jones, um, expecting him to to do something this year. Um, I, I want to mention on here we have Justin Reed and Amaria Hooker side by side at DB41, DB42. Now, I, both of those positions, we know Houston's a hot mess, and he, 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 Justin's going to see a lot of snaps. Uh, and I can't say that he'll be, like, top 10 or anything, but I don't understand why he's so low on here. I would rather have him way over Taylor Rapp, any of the cornerbacks, Richie Grant, um, you know, I guess we got to assume that some of these ADPs may be more dynasty, but at the same time, I'm confused by that because neither Justin Reeder and Monty Hooker, Hooker is old. I mean, they're only, you know, second, third year, whatever it is. But, um, you know, if we look at what Vaccaro did for Tennessee, I think it was Vaccaro last year. I was a consistent DB1, low end upper LB2 on a bad day, but he was consistent. He, he kept coming up with the plays, and I think that that, that both Reed and, and Hooker should be considered way before some of these. Well, I hate to say it again to you, Tripp, but any of the corners. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to – I'm trying to – we're even putting the corners – we're, the first time ever I am applying the same five-step formula in my, in my start-sit charts to the corners this year. I have never done it, but I experimented with it last year um, to to make plays. I've always pulled out four or five waiver or streamable guys in my in my waiver wire article or whatever. But I just I, I just don't see him. Jalen Holland, Javen Holland's above him. I take him before Savage. Uh, there's a few of them on here. With trip with the moves in Jacksonville uh, at DB, any chance that we could see Cisco getting some playing time? I think that's uh, in the bag now. I mean, I haven't seen confirmation of that, but they cut Jared Wilson and Josh Jones, and Andrew Wingard is a career backup in my mind. I think he's there because he's a good special teamer. I think Josh. Cisco is clearly a starter. I think he and Rayshon Jenkins are your two starting safeties, and now they're. Interchangeable enough that neither of them is going to get play a huge number of snaps in the box, but they do use a box safety quite a bit, and they also blitz quite a bit. I think both players are quality S two types that um, that have some upside with blitzing. Yeah, we we actually covered a little bit of this on Tuesday. John, Josh Johnson reportedly was cut, but he was not. It was a mistake. They put him on IR, so he's not out of the picture completely yet. No, they cut him now. He's cut now. They cut him from IR. Cut. They, they did two days later cut him. Yeah. I stand corrected. <laughs> leave it. Leave it to Chet. Don't listen to me, folks. <laughs> Trips got. I this. can't say that, but uh, Gary did. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm honestly just looking at going through my roster to make sure I pick correct players. Uh, good, I took Cisco, so I was just hoping I didn't mess up too badly. Anybody <laughs> else for stashing? Anybody else? Even if I, I've got dime drops, I can't. 
Yeah, I got it. I've got member only content, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> only fa only fans. You're still on OnlyFans. <laughs> only fans. Look at, yeah. Did he just turn red? <laughs> Look at you. You're turning red. That's hey, you know. All right. Well, All right. Gary did an interesting thing a second ago. He took two guys with similar ADPs and compared them. And let me do that same thing because it's an interesting study. We have at DB25, Jonathan Abram of the Las Vegas Raiders, and at DB26, Trevon Morig of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think that this is an interesting comparison of the lack of understanding of what drives IDP value. So Jonathan Abram is looks like he's going to be the starting strong safety. And let's assume for sake of argument that both these guys have these jobs locked up and they're starting all year because I think that that's the way it's going right now. Uh, and and now keep in mind that Gus Bradley is a new defensive coordinator coming up from the Chargers, taking over this team. This, so there's a clear split in roles between Abram and Morg. If you look at the guys who were in these roles last year, the two guys were Rayshon Jenkins, who's now with the Jaguars, and the strong safety role. And um, Nasir Adderley was in the free safety role uh, for Gus Bradley last year. Nasir Adderley was targeted 18 times the entire year. Rayshon Jenkins was targeted 58 times on the year. Rayshon Jenkins gave up 41 receptions on those 58 targets. So it stands to reason that he was the closest guy to the ball, to the ball carrier, when the ball was caught, and therefore had 40 more tackle opportunities than Nasir Adderley by virtue of facing three times as many targets. And it's just, if you're close to the ball, you're more likely to make a play on the ball. And this, it's just fascinating to me that Trevon Morgan is on people's draft radars at all. And it's just because of draft capital, because he's going to face 18 freaking targets for the Raiders. He's going to play deep and he's not going to return IDP value. It's just fascinating to me that this continues to be a conversation that, that, that seems to not be absorbed by the, by IDP gamers, but there it is right in this sleeper data. <clears throat> There, but do you think it's even more basic than that? Do you, from what I yes. find, just in conversations about football, mm -hmm. most fans don't understand defense. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They don't understand what the different defenses do. They don't understand the different roles of players. Right. Like defense right. is so much harder to understand, in my opinion, than offense. I wrote articles on this. That's a doing doing helping people at the beginning that don't understand is, is, is been like a focus of some of my cornerstone content. And I'm going to, I'm going to sum this up real easy when it does come to DBs, you have, you have free safety and you have a strong safety. The free safety is the deepest guy usually on the field. He, he he's last man standing. And then you got the strong safety. It's either going to be up behind the linebackers or up in the box. All right. Those guys are kind of like miniature. Think of them as miniature inside linebackers or something. So th those guys do get a lot more on average per capita, per per how many safeties are, or strong safeties are in there. They get a lot of opportunities to make tackles normally in most base defenses. Free safeties, you only have a handful. You only there's a way smaller margin on there, and you have a lot of these dead guys. You guys got what's the what's the kid for the Saints? I mean, he uh, 
He's only been like a DB three. He's a free, the free safety. I can't think of his name. Marcus Williams. Right. right. That's why I couldn't remember it. But you have those types of Bobby McCain in the past for, for them. It's the free safety position. They're, they're playing deep. They have to make a play on the ball. They have to, uh, if they get a tackle, it's probably not necessarily because they was covering a guy, but it's because the cornerback allowed the pass, Mm -hmm. you know, Basic one-on-one. So just keep that in mind. It, just looking and knowing and differentiating between a free safety and a strong safety, that'll help you a lot. Yep. That will help you get ahead of the game a little bit, at least as far as safeties. Of course, Tripp's going to want you to get all cornerbacks, but, you know. It, <laughs> well, to your point, I mean, you talked about do people understand defense. I, I played defense as a kid almost exclusively. And so – like I, I maybe that's why I know it better, but to me, it's pretty easy to understand relative to offense. Uh, so I, it's interesting to hear you say that. I, I would love to understand offense as well as I do defense. But what we were always taught as kids is that the free safety was quote the last line of defense, meaning that the only reason he's making a play is because somebody else blew an assignment. Mm-hmm. And so if we're the, the like you mentioned, Gary, if the free safety is twenty yards from the ball, like Bobby McCain often was last year, he's if he's the farthest guy from the ball at the snap, he's not likely to be the closest guy to the ball when the whistle blows the yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Kind of intuitive. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. They're called safeties. No, yeah. right? Yeah. They're the right. safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, before we get to final thoughts, one last question uh, from the Debbie Dirtbag. Uh, thoughts on Jamar Johnson, rookie safety for the Broncos. He was a big part of why Justin Fields had a bad game against Indiana last year. Should I drop him for someone more established? Well, that's the question. Hashtag how deep is your league? I think Jamar Jackson, right. Jamar Johnson in a super deep league is a good hold. Uh, he's a stash player, to your point, JJ. Uh, you got Kareem Jackson there is kind of on a – year-to-year contract effectively they brought him back this year he's uh, in his 30s and they could decide to move to jamar johnson next year the challenge is, is that you're playing with justin simmons and you know the odds that you have two safeties that that are statting well in the same backfield aren't very high Vic fangio plays relatively conservatively with those safeties he keeps them back he likes a too high look and uh so I, i'm not wouldn't be super excited about johnson i think he could be a good nfl player but um I'm in leagues where he's rostered, you know, teams that leagues have like 20 teams and such like that. But um, the question about dropping for someone more established, if you need somebody to score points this year, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably, you know, he's, he's more of so deep for me. We're talking taxi squad or something. Yeah. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not too concerned about him. That's the funny thing is if you do miss on this guy, like, because Tripp just explained more likely he is not going to be Simmons. He's not, he's not going to outproduce Simmons if he takes Jackson's spot. So the, the simple of the matter is we come up with defensive backs every year. There's always a bunch of new ones to look into each year. There's a high rotation. There's more three, uh, three safety sets or more DB sets or whatever. Everything has evolved over the last few years. Um, there, it's so much so that it's eating into the inside linebacker snap counts big time. You go back 10 years ago, you used to have two guys, two inside linebackers on that field that were on there 90% of the time, and most of the teams were that way. It's not like that now. It's all a, a fast and furious, give me the the, the hybrid-type player, and, and when it comes to the – 
I had lost my point. <laughs> That's all right. Sometimes yeah. we never even have one. Right. All right. So time for final thoughts. You can find Trip at Dynasty Trip on Twitter, and his work is at DynastyFootballFactory.com. Trip. Man, it's been it's good talking football with y'all as always, and we've covered every position now with, D, with DLs and two weeks ago, linebackers last week, so defensive backs this year. I hope folks find it helpful. I certainly encourage everybody to reach out to us on Twitter and ask those draft questions, and we got one week to go. Looking forward to some football, a real action, live action next week. Oh, the, the rounds aren't live next week. Finally, the OG of IDP can be found at the IDP Tipster on Twitter. And subscribe to Gridiron Ratings for all of his IDP analysis. Gary, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to let everybody know me and Tripp did not plan wearing the same color as shirt tonight. And I, I, I'd buy a ticket to Tripp's show anytime, folks. If you, if you listen to the man, he is on it. So make sure you do follow Tripp. Make sure you also follow J, uh, JJ. These, these guys have it together. You guys have a good night. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm at JJ Wenner on Twitter. Thank you to Trip and Gary for joining me as always. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you to the Debbie Dirtbag for his questions. Uh, make sure you turn into our Tuesday edition hosted by Roto Heat Craig. Don't forget to subscribe for a chance to win a Gridiron Ratings playbook. Remember, your path to the title starts with Gridiron Ratings. Have a great night.